0: Welcome to the Hope Revolution Messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. When Kelly asked me to speak, it was actually funny because I'd had this word on my heart for a lot of months, actually, and I thought it was for a devotion at school. So for those who don't know, I work in a Christian school and teachers do run devotions (coughs) about once a semester. And even I was thinking the whole time, I'm like, Lord, this is actually really deep for eight o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm not sure if this is... But then Kelly asked me to speak and I was like, ah, okay, it was for church, that makes more sense. We are going to have to start with a bit of a history lesson. And I apologise for any Japanese-speaking people if I pronounce this wrong. Kintsugi is the art of repairing broken pottery with a mixture of lacquer and gold, making the imperfect beautiful. Beautiful. Now, for those of you who know, I'm sure most of you do because I talked about it a lot, my family went to Japan last year and we really just loved the culture. And this was one thing that I just, I don't know, I just really loved the idea of taking something broken and imperfect and not throwing it away to get a new thing, but to actually enhance it and make it beautiful once again. So a bit of history about Kintsugi. There is another name for it, but this is the one I actually thought it was better for me to try and attempt to actually <laughs> pronounce. The other one was longer. I was like, yeah, nah, that's not happening. Kintsugi is said to have originated in the 15th century when a shogun sent a teapot back to China to be repaired. Now that teapot came back covered in ugly metal staples. And the, <laughs> and the shogun was like, oh, okay. So he actually put it to whoever's under the shogun, can you please fix my pot for me, make it beautiful again? And they came up with this idea to fix it with gold. So that's a little bit about Kintsugi and where it comes from. I like this, it's become sort of the metaphor behind my word today. And every time I was thinking about this, I just kept thinking of Kintsugi and how something that seems imperfect and broken can be made whole and beautiful again. Words are really, really powerful. I tell my grade ones all the time, words are powerful. Adjectives are your friend. Words can be used to persuade somebody to come to your side. They can be used to draw in the reader of your story. They can create pictures in a person's mind. They can scare people. If you're reading, you know, like a horror book or something, you, you know. They build that tension. They build that idea. So words, all from words, no images, words. If you're a reader, you understand what I'm saying. You can create these mental pictures in your mind all from these words that are on the page. We always talk about how we can use words to communicate our emotions. We can use words to, to stop things like bullying and racism. Like Words are really, really, really powerful. And that is why a lot of big-name brands in that, they use slogans, they use words, because words get stuck in our brains. So I have decided we're going to play a game. Just to show you how powerful words are, name this slogan. The burgers are better at? Yes. Yep. Teacher people, Teachers hands please. please. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> oh what a feeling, ah. Matt. Not happy Jan. Ah. Come on, who remembers this one? Yellow <laughs> pages. Sorry, that one was for the oldies. Yeah. The yellow pages. Yeah. So that just shows you how powerful words are. Not happy, Jan. Oh, How long ago was that one? 90s. Yes, it's a not happy, Jan. So those things stick in our brains. It's actually become, not happy, Jan has actually become an Australian catch cry for anything. Because that's how powerful words are. They get stuck in our brain. They mould our ideas. They mould our personalities. They help us to think of brands when we're, you know, maybe we're thinking, oh, I could go a burger, not me, obviously, but you guys (laughs) could go a burger and then straight away, burgers are better at Hungry Jack's. Words are really, really, really powerful. And unfortunately, words can build you up, but words can also bring you down. So I already shared a little bit about my history and some of the things that happened when I was growing up. The other thing that I want to talk about is, and especially coming off Southern Cross Kids Camp, is negativity spoken into people's lives and how that affects us. I'd like to talk about the broken pot. A lot of people will talk about how, like one of the things teachers like to do is they scrunch up a piece of paper and then they roll it out and they're like, oh, is it the same? That's what words can do. Another one is smash the plate. Now tell it you're sorry. Did that fix it? Words do have a lasting effect. Sometimes they don't even need to be that harsh. If you sit there and you've got a plate and you just sit there and tap, 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 eventually that plate's going to break. It's going to have cracks. It gets weakened and weakened. So it doesn't matter if the words are really harsh. If you're giving words over time and it's constantly being spoken into a person's life, that's going to have an effect on those people. These are just some of the things. I'm nearly 40. 40 this year. These are things that I still remember people saying about me. I did PG some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty harsh, eh? Like it's harsh now when I look at it. But growing up, that's just it's just what I knew. And over time, this actually became my inner voice. This is what I started to think of myself. I still feel like I constantly have to prove that I have smart. I have to constantly prove, feel like I constantly have to prove that I'm worth knowing, constantly double thinking what comes out of my mouth to make sure that it's not embarrassing or sounding dumb or for almost 25 years this was my inner voice and I think of some of those kids at Southern Cross Kids Camp and I think about what's being spoken into their lives, what's being spoken over to them and what their inner voices are like and that's why I love going on Southern Cross Kids Camp. I've only done two now. All right, two of many. For the whole week, we speak love. We speak affirmations. We speak. And sometimes I really wish that I'd had that when I was younger. We weren't attached to a church. So it wasn't until I was 25 that I found God's word. And I started to shift my inner voice to what the world was telling me, to what God was telling me, what the truth was in who I was. I see this is my metaphor. So I became the broken pot being held together by lacquer bands. So not pretty, not functional, but still holding it together somehow. And that was me all through my early 20s. So obviously that's a big part of my life where I made a lot of poor decisions. And then thankfully God sent my husband into my life and things went uphill from there. And then I found God again. So... You're talking about your turning point before. My turning point, Talia, was about six months old, I think she was, and I hadn't slept very well for two weeks. And Billy kept saying, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, I just feel like there's something I need to do. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know. And then one morning I woke up and went, I have to go to church. <laughs> he was looking at me like, what? That was my turning point. I felt strongly that because I'd always known God and I'd always wanted to be a mum. I felt God saying to me, well, I've answered your prayers. What have you done for me? And that's what got me back to church. And then I started to delve into God's word. The last year has been a really big journey for me in how I see myself, and really taking away those words that were spoken over me at a younger life, and seeing how God sees me now. There was a few times last year where people would come to me for guidance and to see like spiritual guidance, and I'm just sitting there going. Sure, you got the right person? You know, it's me, don't you? And they're like, you know, and sometimes they'll say, Oh my goodness, you, you know, your relationship with God is amazing. And I'm like, I know what my relationship with God is, but I didn't think, you know, like I, I don't think I'm the Kellys of the church or the Kates or the Matts or, but I felt like God was saying, No, 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 you need to start seeing me how I see you. You need to stop seeing how the world sees you. So I really, really started to delve into God's word and I started slowly replacing the words of the world with God's words. So I started to think about how it's okay that I'm outgoing sometimes. It's okay that sometimes I'm a bit quirky because that's how God made me. He made me this way for a reason which I worked out is very helpful on Southern Cross Kids Camp because I can have a conversation about selling my kidney on the black market and how we're (laughs) going to spend the money. I can sit there and have a conversation with a balloon pretending it's telling me gossip. God made me this way, and this is what I'm really starting to see as I go into his word more and more. God continues to work on me, and that's okay. We're not all perfect. I don't have to be perfect. That was a big one that I had to really work on. It's okay for me not to be perfect. He's made everyone for his purpose, even my quirky side, <laughs> even my slightly obnoxious side some days, and my stubborn side. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Southern Cross Key Camp people found out I'm really stubborn. There was a lot of a sky, stop it. And it's okay to lean on him. It's not, it's not a weakness. It's not a weakness to need God to get you through things. And you know what? I may not be everybody's cup of tea, but you know what? Like they say, not everybody likes peaches. Not everybody likes apricots. You're always going to find someone. And once again, it's not important. God sees to the heart. And he loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. He sent his son to die for all of us. And I think that's a big thing that I really struggled with, that he loved me in my imperfectness in my quirkiness, in my stubbornness. And no matter what, he will always love me. And I think that was a big thing that John three sixteen, I know we joke that it's one of the most famous scriptures, but it's famous for a reason. That no matter what, he loved us all so much. He knows we're not perfect. But he just he wants us to know. And those were the biggest words that I think started to change things around for me that I am so loved that all the other words from the world and we are going to constantly be bombarded with words. You just have to open up a website or a magazine and it tells you that you're not perfect enough unless you have this product. You're not perfect enough unless you're on this diet. You're not perfect enough unless you have this brand. Like we're constantly being bombarded with words that speak negatively into our lives when what we really just need is God's Word. And if we look to God's Word, then we'll know the truth. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church.